October 29th, 2016. This is Hyphenation, and I'm your host, Kellen Conley. Live. Well, it won't be live when you hear it, of course. But currently, I am in Victory Jump Off Studio 7.0. If you listen to Victory Jump Off Radio... I said on the intro falsely for a while that I was recording those episodes, the most recent ones from Victory Jump Off Radio 7.0. No, that's only 6.0. This is 7.0, and hopefully, 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 since I'm now a homeowner, it will be the final Victory Jump Off Studios for a long, long time to come. So how's everybody doing, man? (laughs) I mean, uh, if you're uh, listening to this, you're going to have a sudden gap from when all of a sudden we jump from August when I recorded episode 20 to October. And I guess the first question is, where have I been at? Well, I got a new job, still in the same field. But if you listen to the earliest episodes of the show, you know that I wasn't completely happy with my job. And so I actually ended up getting a new job. I ran into a gentleman who was looking for a um looking to replace someone that was in my field at a different a different institution. And I'm trying to be as vague as possible. I mean, it's not like you can't go and Google and figure out where I work. Um and he was like, "Huh, well, if his position comes open, I'll let you know." He let me know. I applied. And then after a thorough, thorough background check. <laughs> I uh, started there at the end of August. And let me tell you, even though it's in the same field, this is drastically different from my last job. Because my last job, I had a lot of downtime. If I wasn't actually doing stuff to help the customers, I could write more which is the reason why com hasn't really seen any new content. I had a different schedule where I was able to get up and record in the mornings before work. And then if I had to, I would finish the episode after or not after during my lunch. And it's, I have a totally different schedule. Most of the time I'm nine to five, which is really eight 30 I drop off Leah in the mornings now, which is, I can't do that until seven o'clock and I'm not going to have her walk in the door as the first kid at seven o'clock. So I can go record a podcast. What kind of parent would I be? What kind of parent would I be? If I drop my kid off at seven and she was the only one there. I don't think she'd like that. <laughs> so I try to get her there between like seven fifteen, seven thirty. I come back home change clothes, 
go to work by 8.30. Well, Monday's got to be there at 8, so there's not even a chance. I could record in my car, which is now a totally different car because on my Dodge Stratus, I had a cracked head gasket. Thankfully, Dad came through, gave me his 2011 Buick Enclave, which is sweet because he got a 2015 Buick Encore now. I could have... I could record on my lunch break and I haven't explored that option yet because it would not be difficult. But also I was getting adjusted to everything and how, um, you know, just new changes with the job and everything. Um, I still have the same amount of time. And as the honestly, as the temperature drops, I do expect myself to go out there more and actually record the podcast at least half of an episode or something like that. But I just haven't done that. But yeah, this job takes up, like there's no downtime for anything. I mean, there's downtime if I very rarely, but I can't use it for my own benefit like I could at the other job. Therefore, I get home, have dinner with Leah and Angel, get Leah ready for bed, bath time then bed read stories by the time that's done it's eight something and then depending on what day of the week is if it's monday or tuesday i probably want to watch wwe if it's i've been watching the voice a little bit so i've been watching the voice if it's tuesday at 10 o'clock i've been watching atlanta first recommendation atlanta it's awesome and i do mean awesome like with a capital awesome If you're not watching Atlanta on FX, you're not doing it right. I promise you that. Show by Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. It's about him being his cousin's manager, who is a budding rap star in Atlanta. And about him and their friend Darius. And about uh, uh, Donald Glover's character's Earn. Um, his His character's name is Earn. And he uh, has a baby mama named Van who he's kind of on again, off again with. It's about her. And it's just about life in Atlanta. It's phenomenal. Stop this podcast right now and go watch Atlanta if you haven't done it. I'll be here. I mean, it took me long enough to get to episode 21. Why would I stop you from actually going to go do that before you handle what I'm about to give you? Because what I'm about to give you is a, a mashup of things. But I'm already getting off track. But what back to what I was saying. So by the time... Monday and Tuesday, and I've been watching Timeless too. You know, Tuesday I might be in looking at This Is Us, but we're not going to talk about that too heavy. Let's pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> on Wednesday, Designated Survivor comes on, so if Angel wants to watch Designated Survivor, we might end up watching the last episode, and then maybe this week's episode, maybe watching two. So there's that. There's just there's just been a lot, man. Like for serious. And then Thursdays, Thursdays are my best chance to record right now. But then I I haven't been going to bed early enough. And so I've been getting up late in the mornings. And this is all my fault. I'm not trying to blame this on anything other than my laziness and my wanting to watch TV at night and my new job. So Fridays, slight possibility, 
haven't explored it. Saturday, Thomas was coming over to kick it with me some nights, and we'd be up watching movies or something, having a few drinks. Can't do it then. Sundays, football all day, and then by the time football is done, I'm ready to pass out because I've had one a long weekend, and I'm exhausted, and I got to be up again for Monday. So my windows of opportunity to record are not as great as they were before. What I need to do and what I'm planning on doing is putting down a set schedule for everything to just kind of go for it, man. You you know what I'm saying? And like, I want to keep hyphenation going. I have gotten messages from Eric repeatedly about how I'm a horrible person because he needs his hyphenation fix and I haven't given it to him. (laughs) So, you know, it's just, you want to, please everybody and I love doing a podcast I love podcasting in general and honestly the more I think about it this is probably the only thing besides writing that I have time to do and I'm just going to go ahead and use that to segue into uh that comment so for a while now I have wanted to name my second album which has been semi in the works like in a thought process state for uh, over a year or so now, I, the follow-up to Soon You Understand, and first thought is, well, well, Kellen, or B-hyphen, or hyphen, or h or you mother, um, I listened to Soon You Understand, and you said at the end of that album that this was it, that this is going to be your last recorded thing. I have previously stated that yes, Soon You Understand was supposed to end my music career, so to speak. And for the most part, it has. I've appeared on one song, um, the, um, what was it, Dub V's, Morgantown MC's 2014 that we did. I've appeared on one song since the album dropped in March of 2014. But I've always kind of said since the album came out that I was planning on making more music eventually. And it just hadn't happened yet. Well, the second album is going to be called Time and Place. I'm going to say, I'm going to talk like it's still happening. Because I I don't want to lose hope. But in the time since I put the final touches on Soon You Understand, which is in 2013. I've changed as far as music goes. Not to say that. Well, no, you know what? I am a little disillusioned when it comes to rap and the music that I've loved for so long. It's just different. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not for me. There's still plenty of music I do enjoy. And I'm cleaning up my desk a little bit because I'm looking over here and seeing random things annoying me. So I'm just checking them out here. Apologies. But for serious, I have gravitated more towards wanting, and I kind of mentioned this in one of my columns that I probably wrote in July or so, I think. I can't remember which one, but just about how if I was to record this new album, it wasn't just going to be Let me go find some beats. Let me think of some topics. Let me put it together. I wanted it to be more from 
of rap slash pop slash funk kind of place. Here's the thing with that. I just told you how little time I actually have when it comes to recording music currently or not recording music to writing and doing the podcast, like free time outside of work. And it's really been bugging me because it's like I had wanted to possibly start the process of recording or writing or something by now. I have song titles. I have a couple melodies in my head for stuff. But the main thing is I don't have, I can't create what I am looking to do with, um, with the time I have, because one thing I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of learn to produce my own stuff. And while I could probably still sit here and possibly make what I'm looking for, I don't have the time to do it. Because if I want this album to have a certain sound, it has to come from me. I don't have time to hire, or I don't have the time or the resources to pay for beats. I don't have the time to go to my producer's friends, such as E, or Tim Williams, or Tim Dalton, or I'm just trying to think of people, Let Beats, 9-5. Not that I couldn't find beats of theirs to use, but I feel like this project is more than just here's some beats, write songs of these beats, put out an album. Because as much as I love Senior Understand, that's exactly what that project was. And that's not what I want this to be. I want it to be. I don't even want to say better. Well, well, yeah, I want I wanted to be better. Obviously, I want to show my growth, everything. But I wanted to be a mo- more cohesive thing. Unfortunately, I don't think I will have the time to do that in the near future. So I am going to put that idea off for now. I'm not going to put it under wraps for sure. But... Right now, second album is on hold. We'll see what happens. That could change in six months. I might have been able to start making beats. I might find some free time to start making music. Who knows? I might not have anything, which is what I'm thinking. But I do know this podcast has to be a priority. Thusly, it will be. Versus recording my second album. With that said, I got a whole list of show topics. Because, see, since I rap Hyphenation 20, what I do is I, when things catch my attention and I want to talk about them, I just write them down on my little list here. So... I'm going to go through this stuff. Some of this stuff won't make any sense to me and I won't be able to talk about it. Some of it is no longer, um, um, what's the word? Um, relevant, I guess, timely. So I might just kind of go over it a little bit and then keep on rolling. Matter of fact, I'm looking at 
I'm watching WVU play uh, Oklahoma State right now. And I know for a fact that I have stuff in my email that I wanted to use for show topics. So I need to go check here. Let's see. Ow. I just hit my elbow. Sorry. <laughs> Great podcast. The 101 kids. Um, World Series prediction. I mean, it's already started. I'm pulling for the Cubs. The Indians swept my Red Sox. I used to be an Indians fan in the 90s when I was a kid. I liked Kenny Lofton. I liked Albert Bell. I liked that Indians team when it got broke up in the early 2000s. Um, late 90s, I drifted away and then eventually lashed onto the Red Sox about 2002, 03, because I hated the Yankees and I wanted to cheer for the team that was the Yankees' main rival. And then that worked out great for me three World Series titles later. Sox, son. Try not to watch this game and get distracted. So you can forget about that topic. If the Indians win, good for them. I think Cleveland deserves it. I can't believe the Browns are as terrible as they are right now. But I do think that Cleveland deserves it. Um, Just making sure there's nothing else in my email that I had sent to myself to mention. Nothing that I see there. Okay. Awesome. So let's get back to this. So the first thing I got to tell y'all about. I was in my first real car wreck the day before I started my new job. See what had happened was. I had been off that day because I had taken the last week when they, when I told them I was my old job, I was quitting. They wanted me to work till that Friday. I had about a week's worth of PTO and I just said, you know what? I'm just going to take it and take a little personal staycation and go from there. Last day of that staycation, I was off. I went to pick up Aaliyah from our then babysitter before she started a daycare she's at now, brought her home. I messaged the wife. I said, do you want me to get pizza? She's like, yeah. I went down a couple, not even 10 minutes from my house, two Domino's to pick up some pizzas, brought them back. Angel gets home, sitting down at the table to eat pizzas. I was in the middle of trying to build a bookcase, I believe, um, when she got home. And she said, I wish I had gotten some soda from the grocery store because now I don't have any. I was like, well, I'll just run to the grocery store, the convenience store that's right up the street and go get you some soda. No big deal. You don't have to do that, she says. I insist. So I start to go out to the door and Aaliyah says, starts getting upset because she wanted to go with me. And I was like, no, honey, you go ahead and eat your pizza. Daddy will be right back. Not a big deal. It's fine. So... She's upset, but I don't, I don't take her. I just close the door, go hop in an angel's car, which is a Chevy Equinox Equinox. She had for five years at that point. We paid it off in February of this year, hop in Equinox, get to the stop sign in my road. And I had to wait a little bit cause there's cars flying around. So I make the left turn, start hitting the gas. Cause there was literally Nobody in front of me at this point. So I'm going up the hill, cruising, make the turn, go out, go, go a little further. Still got my foot on the gas. Come around the turn. Nobody in front of me. I, now, well, there's cars in front of me, but I make the turn. I see in front of me 
a car. I can't remember what color it was. It was a Ford something, maybe. And they were slowing down. So I'm thinking, they're going right into the convenience store I'm going to. This is early evening, so there might have they there might have been a little sun going on. But I'm like, all right, well, they're going to the same place. I'm not going to hit my brake immediately. So I'm still cruising, foot off the gas at this, uh, off the gas at this point. Then I realized that they're, they're slowing down sooner than the grocery to the convenience store. So I start hitting my brakes a little bit to slow down. The car starts slowing down. And then they this car has come to a complete stop now. I realize they want to make a left. So I really start pushing the brakes now because I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to hit this car. I have not, I did not push the brake in time. Nine out of ten times, no. There had never been another time in my five years that I had been driving this car where I'd hit the brakes like that where it didn't stop. And I, at this point, I'm pushing like, stop, stop. We had went, made a trip previously to Idlewild. Uh, it might've been, it was the week before the week that I had off me, Angel, Leah, and, um, our friend Devaney went to Idlewild with Gary and Brandy for the day. And the whole trip, Angel's car was what she was calling shuddering when she hit the brakes. So instead of it breaking, it would break, but it would be like, like it wasn't a smooth break. It was a shuddering break. And she kept saying, I need to take this in. I'm getting worried about it. I don't want something to happen to the brakes um, while I'm in the car with Leah. So normally at the point where the car would completely stop really quickly and not hit this car, I feel it shuddering. (laughs) And then I feel the brakes catch. And the car slides and nails the back of that car that I should have, that if I hadn't hit that gas coming up that hill like I did, if I had to hit the brick, the brick, hit the brake a few minutes not even minutes seconds before i did i would have stopped but yeah brakes shuttered didn't respond immediately i hit the back of this car i have just wrecked my wife's five-year-old car that we just paid off so of course i'm right next to a trailer park everybody comes out like i don't know what they're thinking see a black guy driving he's gonna run off i i don't know i don't know what they're thinking oklahoma state's about to score damn it there goes six now um everybody's coming out so we're both sitting there in shock and then cars are going by on the other side and i know it's bad i can the hood is crunched i know it's bad i throw in my left turn signal and I drive into the parking lot of a law office that's across the street. And then the other car does the same. I shut down. I call Angel and I'm like, Angel, you got to come quick. I, I've been in a wreck. And she says, all right, I'll be right there. So she starts getting a Leah and getting keys and stuff. Then I call her back. Like, Angel, I'm in the Equinox. And she says, I know. So... I go and check on the driver and her and her passenger, which are her son. Thankfully, they were okay. 
Um, I hit him, but it wasn't. It was a solid enough hit to ruin the front of my car and the Equinox Angel's car. But the only damage it really took on the other end was I kind of dented the bumper a little bit and pushed in their their back door on the vehicle, like the gate that lifts and stuff. So I check on them, and I'm just in shock. Like, I know it's bad. Grill's all cracked. Hood's pushed up. Door won't properly open when I get out. Thinking it's the framework or something. Angel gets there and she starts crying when she sees it. Aaliyah's there, of course, too. And she's like, it's okay, Daddy. And, like, I mean, I I just kind of sit there, like, because, I mean, what can you really do? I mean, I just wrecked my wife's car, you know? And I'm, like, in shock. and, And thankfully, like, the police come and. And he, he, I mean, I did get a $132 ticket for following too closely. But police come and they're like, take our statements. We trade insurances. We call for a record to take it to a body place. Angel calms down and she's trying to make me feel better. And thankfully, I can say Angel took this like a champ. Because... She could have been angry and just yelling at me the whole time. But instead, she literally just told me it was. she was glad I was okay and glad I didn't take Leah, and glad that I was all right and everybody else is okay. And I'm just beating myself up about it. So finally, I'd say it probably, Brandy came and took Leah at some point, took her back down to the house. And so at some point, I'd say it was about an hour, hour and a half later. Got the, I wouldn't say call. Um, Well, we did get a call, but <laughs> pretty much we, we had to wait for the records to come after the cops left and they were able to drive their vehicle back to where they were originally making that left turn at and trade insurance information and all of that tower tow truck comes bad wreck on the interstate so he has to come back for the car so we leave him the keys we go back down to the house I mean it's over and done with nothing I can do turns out that accident that the tow truck went to was a bad wreck on the interstate and I don't think, I think no one survived. Well, I think the car that was badly wrecked in there, that wrecked in that wreck, no one survived that. I think there were definite casualties and injuries. I'm thankful that we were able to walk away and not have to worry about that. Me and the two passengers in the other car. So he gets towed to the body shop. And about two or three days later, because this happened on a Monday, it was probably Wednesday or Thursday, we get the angel gets the call. Cars totaled. Why is it totaled, you ask? 
Well, the damage is more than half of what the vehicle was worth, which is about eh, 10-something at this point with the mileage that was on there. And in West Virginia, once you hit, well, actually, once it goes above 75% of the vehicle's value, I believe, they total it. Thankfully, Progressive gave us a little over $11,000 for it. So we were down to one car, just my car, which eventually would have the cracked head gasket. But for now, just my car. They gave Angel a rental for a while. And we were carless, um, her car, for uh, it was like almost two weeks because we ended up finding one in PA at uh, um, Kenny Ross. We got a 2015 Chevy Traverse. Um, and we got a great deal on it. Like, they only wanted 20 for it. We got them down to twenty thousand five hundred, I think. Um, we put the eleven thousand down on it, and then once everything was added on, I think we ended up doing a loan for about eleven thousand on it. So we're in a good equity position, and now we have a car payment again. Because <laughs> I was hit the gas coming up the hill for some strange reason to go get soda. So that was how the first. 24 hours of, uh, I mean, that was the week that I started my new job. So imagine starting a new job knowing you just totaled your wife's cherished vehicle. Uh, RIP Chevy Equinox. That, that is really, that side was for the Equinox. And also because WU is down 14 points now and one of our wide receivers is down on the field hurt. Five minutes to go. 6-0. It's not looking like it will see 7-0. Next topic. Colin Kaepernick. As I said, I've been writing these topics for a while now. At first, I did not agree with Colin. Because I did not feel like he had that right to take a knee during the National Anthem. Because for me, the National Anthem stands for so much more than that, than just the way that blacks are treated in America. I have a whole episode about how I feel about our treatment in America. So it's not that I disagree with his stance there, or I didn't disagree with his stance there. I felt that it honored our armed forces and the men and women who have dedicated their lives to America or lost their lives for America. So I did not like it at first. But then, the more I thought about it, the more I agreed with his stance. One, because he continues to do it to this day. It's not something he did for a while and then stopped. Nothing like that. He's continued standing by it. He has backed up his reasoning multiple times and defended himself multiple times. And honestly, if this is the way that this professional athlete decides to display his dissatisfaction with how black people are treated in America, Skylar just threw an interception, son of a bitch, then that's fine with me. Perfectly fine. Let him do it like that. There's way worse things he could be doing. But instead, he chooses to take a knee 
And while... Let me put it this way. I wouldn't take a knee during the National Anthem, and I haven't since this whole Colin Kaepernick thing started, since he started taking a knee. I support his decision just as much as support someone's decision to stand up and stand up for the anthem. That's his right. And if he chooses to protest that way, more power to him. Some people have made comments to me about, I can't believe he's that disrespectful. And I've just come back saying, at least he's doing it peacefully. If this is the way he demonstrates that he's dissatisfied with the way that black people are treated, that's fine. There's way worse things he could be doing or saying, but he's being very, peaceful and very subtle about it other than people getting all up and they're getting their panties in a bunch because he's not standing up let that man take his knee it is what it is it's not going to change anything tomorrow or even next year or 10 years down the road but you know what for however long Colin Kaepernick decides to do this or as long as he's in the NFL it's it's it just feels right that he's deciding to do it this way. I respect that man more than I did before he started taking a knee. 100%. Next topic. Am I breaking up with Drake? I know. Drastic swings, right? <sighs> I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast. I like views. But I didn't like views like I liked Comeback Season, like I liked Room for Improvement, like I liked So Far Gone, like I liked Thank Me Later, Take Care. Why am I drawing a blank on that third album? I can see the cover and his head in the clouds and the baby's head in the clouds. The third album, love that. If you're reading this, it's too late, love that. Even semi-enjoyed What a Time to Be Alive. Not the biggest fan of Views Drake. Because I don't understand his position. I don't know. I'm When I pick rappers that I follow... Thoroughly, like I have. Like the Jay-Z's, the Kanye's, um, Royce the 5'9", Joe Budden. When I really get into a rapper, Wale. But mostly, my example here is Jay. When Jay was the best rapper in the game, on the top of his game, circa... 1998 through 2003. Jay didn't make a safe album, so to speak. And yeah, I'm going to say it. I started to not say it because immediately volume three came to mind. But he did not play it safe. Volume three had volume two hangover with Jay yes but you know what it still gave us there's been a murder in YMP and Dope Man the Dynasty wasn't a true Jay album it wasn't supposed to be until Jay just happened to take it over and put it out under himself rather than just do a Rockefeller compilation 
the blueprint two was not the blueprint. Everybody should have known that going in, but they did not. <laughs> and so they trash it. But you know what? I still really like the blueprint two. And then the black album is the black album, the swan song. Never in any of those moments, though, did I feel like, because I lived through those moments as a kid, and I'm living through Drake now. What was that third album called? Oh, why is it not coming to me? Hold on, it's going to drive me nuts now. But thankfully, I'm just going to go to iPod. Let's do Artist. Find these. Drake. Third album was called Nothing Was The Same. Don't know where that went. Had no idea. The thing is, man, like... And I don't even want to say, oh, Views is soft. Because it's not. But it is. But not in the sense of people saying, oh, Drake's soft. It's in, It's just. It's just a mellow... Views to me is like the adult contemporary version of rap. And with Drake doing what he did to Meek last summer, taking that momentum and building it into views and then essentially fumbling it on the one, despite one dance going number one despite good to you or whatever it's called Rihanna I'm being a big radio hit for him despite him having some gems on the album that I enjoyed like the title track views it just feels like it does it feels uninspired I feel like Joe Budden right now but it just does Because for years, even before So Far Gone, you can ask my friends, you can ask Shiv, you can ask Angel, you can ask E. I was talking about this kid from Toronto, Drake, who used to be on the grassy. I love comeback season and I really love Room for Improvement. I, you can ask M.I., you can ask my friend Jonathan, Jonathan M.I. McCumber, mischievous McCumber. I am a Drake guy. And this isn't even about what he just said to Cuddy. I don't care. It just... I I don't know. I don't feel like... I feel like he's finally gotten to the top. And for a while there, it looked like he was like all about making these huge dramatic points to point out why he's there. I haven't listened to the four songs that came out last week on OVO Sound. But it just feels like he's just like, all right, cool. Y'all take whatever I give you. Here. Matter of fact, I can compare it to this. I really like Bruno Mars's new song, 24 Karat Magic, like ridiculously. Like I told Heather that I probably could go to an open mic and perform it because I love that song so much. So I was on iTunes, updating the old iPod like I'm known to do from time to time. 
And I was looking at, I was like, let me look up 24 karat magic and read the comments because on the Facebook clip where they promoted his video and stuff saying, Oh, Bruno's got a new song out, new album coming out soon. Yada, yada, yada. I was reading the comments and everybody's like, this isn't the Bruno Mars that I like. I don't like that. There's so many naked asses in the video. Oh, Uptown Funk changed you, Bruno. I used to be a big fan. Not anymore. So I was like, let me go look at the comments here on iTunes for 24 Karat Magic. And it's the same thing. I used to be a big Bruno Mars fan. I missed the just the way you are, Bruno. Um, and then this sounds like a mix of Treasure and Uptown Funk. He's just repeating himself based off his name. That's what I think Drake is doing. Drake is just, he's Drake and he can put out anything. And his fans are dumb enough to eat it up. And I feel like Joe Budden. But that's the thing. He's done so much in seven years that when views came out, I was underwhelmed by it. I might have said in a previous podcast that I did like views. And honestly, views is not a bad album where it's like, this is trash. He fucked up. No. Views is a bad album as far as a what he could have done with it point of view that's what drives me nuts and that's why I think I'm falling out of love with Drake and I said falling out of love but it really is am I breaking up with Drake same thing yeah it just I knew this day would come It hasn't come with Jay yet. I hear Jay and I don't care. I gave, I listened to Magna Carta Holy Grail more times than I had any business listening to it. I know it's not a good album, but it's Jay and Jay's my God. See that? See the Lemonade episode. <laughs> and Drake was my guy too. And there's been times where I've defended him mercilessly. Because he's Drake. And now I can't do that. And it's weird. It's complete. It's a whole new world when it comes to Drake. Am I not a fan of his music anymore? No, but I'm just not checking for him like I was. Who am I checking for? Chance. Really starting to develop into a big Chance fan. It took me a while, but Coloring Book really nailed it on the head for me. Who else am I still listening to? Wale. I think everything that he's been putting out has been phenomenal and criminally slept on. Still a big J. Cole fan. Still a big Kendrick fan. Listen to Life of Pablo finally. Meh. Don't think yay's for me, but at the same time, I don't know if I can bring myself to truly miss a yay project yet. Still haven't listened to Lemonade, though. <laughs> Ho for life. Rockefeller. We invite you to our next topic, you know? <laughs> Carlton Banks is the next topic. Carlton Banks, as you know, was played by Alfonso Ribeiro on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air from 1990 to what, 95, 96 or so? And I know I realize this as I get older, but when I moved to West Virginia in 93 and 92, a lot of people said 
I look like Carlton Banks. And it annoyed the piss out of me. Because I don't feel like I look like Carlton Banks. I don't see it. I see more Craig Robinson from The Office, which also drives me nuts, but at least I can see it. I see the Noriega and Diddy comparisons that Ed and Wes used to give me in, at Potomac State. And there was one other one that I always got in Oklahoma State celebrating. Ugh. But I never liked the Carlton Banks thing. First and foremost, why the Carlton Banks thing? Because honestly, I came to West Virginia. I told, I've said before that I was around a lot of white people. And the best representation they had of a little black kid at that time was not Theo Huxtable because by the time that my age kids, which is fourth grade 10, by the time that a lot of those kids really started paying attention to television, Theo Huxtable wasn't me. Theo was in high school and older and getting ready to leave the house and might have been around the time he figured out he was dyslexic on the Cosby show. And granted, Carlton Banks was also a high school student, but the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was the freshest thing out on television at that time. And still, I was reading an article about it the other day. Still a groundbreaking television series from the perspective of a black sitcom telling of a kid from the hood, fish out of water situation, and being in the hijinks or the real stuff that ensues. Kids from that were my age gravitated towards that. And also it didn't help that, I mean, it did help that Will Smith was the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. They also could relate to that because what we were a year after Summertime really blew up, which would probably be the most famous song that people know DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince for, besides the theme from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I get it. I came to school, little black kid, dressed well, very nice and polite, never was exposed to, I mean, you can hear me now, I'm I'm articulate, man, I'm articulate, I like to enunciate, I'm not that guy, I'm not Taxstone on here, do I get Kind of tax stony. If you ever, if you're familiar, there's a podcast called Tax Season. Guy's name is Tax Stone. He's a straight up hood dude, been in prison, and essentially, I don't know exactly how he got his start, but he um he just interviews like your popular rappers, and everything, and he just keeps it from a hood perspective. His interview with Memphis Bleak was the um was phenomenal his one joe button annoyed the crap out of me because he just pretty much pestered button the whole time and tried to instigate by the way memphis bleak you need a podcast i'm serious if anybody's heard bleak on drink champs or on tax stones podcast he needs a podcast bleak is a great interview and fun to listen to i'm not that guy though i'm not 
I, I can get rowdy when I get drunk. I can throw the N-bomb around when I'm drunk or sober. I've, I, I curse. I cursed on my music before. I'll, I will get about it, about it, routed, routed. But that's just not my lane to come from that way. My dad and my mom and my mom didn't raise me that way. And my family didn't raise me to be that way. They raised me to be a gentleman. And so they meet this black kid and he's very nice and polite and automatically I'm Carlton Banks. To this day, I still have gotten it from my new co-workers. And every time it comes out of their mouth, it drives me nuts. And it's not because it's Carlton, you know? It's not like, man, forget forget Carlton, man. I don't like Carlton Banks. No, Carlton Banks is awesome. You know why? Because... He had a nice little world, I mean, worldview going on. Then all of a sudden his cousin from Philly comes in and his whole world changed. And I get, I get that. I can understand where he's coming from, from that perspective. What he's going through as a high schooler who was the pride and joy of his father's family, pretty much. Cause Hillary was a screw up. Ashley was still a baby still. So she got a baby attention. But it was Carlton, Carlton, Carlton from Uncle Phil. And all of a sudden now, Uncle Phil has to deal with Will, Will, Will. So it was a big change for Carlton. Carlton was just as valuable to the show as Will. And just as popular. You saw how Alfonso Ribeiro killed it on Dancing with the Stars. Not just because he could dance, but then also when he decided to do the Carlton dance. But the fact that people call me that just because... I don't know. I'm not your typical black guy. Drives me insane. I'm a little better about Craig Robinson, but that bugs me too because I do kind of look like Craig Robinson. <laughs> and I don't like that too much either. Well, you look like Craig Robinson from the office. Hot tub time machine. Ugh, look off, you know? <laughs> that's That's my thought process there. So, uh, I had a topic called How to Eat Food by Kellen Conley. I'm guessing, I feel like I've tried to touch on this topic before and forgot what it was about, but I'm, I'm guessing Harry Connick Jr. has his own TV show. Lord. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. I'm guessing I had some problem with how people were eating food or overcooking it and not really appreciating the food as they ate it. I don't know. I have no idea where I was going from. Next topic. Put your thumb in my pretty pink goo. This is a real quick story. I was in, I was in training class for my new job, teller training. And when we bring, uh, someone brings in a Huntington check and they don't have an account, we have them put their thumb on a little thumb we literally will put their thumbprint on a check. So you just got to put their thumb on the um, pad, thumb on the check. Well, girl I was working with while I was doing my training, we were just running some transactions, um, practice transactions. She said, oh man, 
I think I just slipped where I worked. <laughs> I'm not cutting it out. Whatever. Customer brings in a check that's not from our bank. Don't have an account. I know I said it. Uh, after I went through that whole spiel and not trying to tell y'all where I work. Um. Anyway, she's like, I'm the I'm the customer and she's the um taking the transaction. She's like, all right, sir. Um, and she had there's a stuff called sort quick. It's like this pink, uh, it's a pink substance. Um, that uh, you rub your thumb against it, and then that way you have enough traction to count newer bills. It's called sort quick. Anyway, she took her sort quick, opened it up, and put it in front of me. Said, "Okay, sir, um, go ahead and put your thumb in my pretty pink goo right there, and then put your thumb on your check." And then I just stopped. I'm like, "Yo, <laughs> did she just just tell me that?" Obviously, dead to rights. She literally wanted me to put my thumb in the sort quick and pretend it was a stamp pad. So I stopped, and she goes about doing what she's doing and look at her again like do you realize what you just said and she says no I said you just opened this and said put your thumb in my pretty pink goo and then she loses it she proceeds to laugh so hard that she's crying for at least 10 to 15 minutes and then when our trainer comes over to check on her she tells the trainer the same thing and the trainer is like kind of like trying to like it's funny, but I don't want to show get too into it because obviously that's not appropriate for work. See, so yeah, I had this girl knew her three days, haven't seen her since because of the training classes in Ohio, asked me to put my thumb in her pretty pink goo. Then I go to Clarksburg for another training class in the beginning of October. Um, and I told my mentor about what had happened and she thought it was hilarious and that's we got to know our trainer and stuff over the three days we're in Clarksburg with her she's like you gotta tell her the story you gotta tell her the story so I tell the story in front of my whole class there's probably about 10 of us in there and then the trainer goes I've heard this story Diane who was your trainer told me about this story and she said that she was absolutely dying because of what was what she she said to you but she couldn't do anything in class so she actually called me and told me about it as soon as class is over so i just messaged the girl on our little im system i was like so apparently our your uh story is becoming inf- infamous and she's like haha i'm glad someone can get a laugh out of it i'm like yeah haha and that was it it's it's been a weird couple months i promise you guys that I was going to take their picture and put it on Facebook is another topic I had written down, but I'm not really going to get into it. Pretty much, we were at a football game, middle school football game. Some kids were doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. A teacher had uh, already reprimanded them for doing said thing. They had some sign about Harambe. Uh, they had the sign taken away once someone went and got the sign out of the trash. They had the sign again. Another parent got mad at them because the sign was derogatory towards, um, the other school saying that the other school had killed Harambe. And so therefore the mother was about to take the kids pictures and put it on Facebook. And I think that's wrong. I wouldn't want anybody to do that to my kid. Um, I mean, I don't agree with those kids. I think the whole Harambe thing is overblown. 
so overblown. I don't care. I mean, it's sad. I've said this in the show before, too. I can't believe it's had a shelf life this long. But I don't think when a, a kid is doing something wrong, you need to put their picture on Facebook and call them out on it. But whatever. I'm almost I'm almost done actually. Did Mother Gothel love Rapunzel? So we got tangled for Aaliyah. And yes, it's the Disney re- movie review podcast, everybody. Got this movie for got tangled for Aaliyah. Watched Tangled for a while. Like may you know, kids get new movies, get into them, they won't watch them all the time. So we were watching Tangle pretty heavy. And the whole time I'm watching this and like I'm, I'm, I know Mother Gothel clearly stole Rapunzel from her parents, and because she wanted her hair, yada yada yada. And I know that she's talking down to Rapunzel, like when she came home the first time we see her after Rapunzel's grown, and she's like, "I want to go see the lights," and her mother's like, "You're not going to go see the lights. Mother knows best." There's times, like when, after Rapunzel's captured Flynn, when she was getting. Um, after Mother Gothel wouldn't listen to her, she's like, I want to make paints from uh, these whatever you brought me that one time. And Mother Gothel goes, dear, you know that's three days worth of travel for me to get that stuff. And she's like, I know, but I thought it would be better than actually doing the lights. Going to see these lights that I can't leave to go see. And Mother Gothel says, Okay. I'll be back in three days' time. Now, granted, of course, Mother Gothel did leave. Eventually, she ran into the horse um, and then figured out that, um, ran back to the tower, figured out Rapunzel was gone. And then from there, we see Rapunzel constantly doing, or Mother Gothel constantly doing evil things to get Rapunzel back and then was going to pretty much make, Rapunzel her prisoner in order to keep her youth and her magic hair but I don't know like I feel like for her to raise her from a baby as she did up till 18 there has to be some kind of connection because I'm not familiar with the original story of Rapunzel I mean I am but not intimate like the you know if you if I looked at fairy tale I'm sure that there was some kind of gruesome thing going on where she wanted to cut her hair off her skull and kill Rapunzel and just hadn't done it yet was waiting till she's old enough I don't know that's how fairy tales are they're always horrible the original versions so I'd expect something like that to be in uh the original fairy tale but I don't know like I feel like Mother Gothel did care about Rapunzel I think she did love her she obviously loved her for what she did for her with her hair and not so much loved her as a child. But I still think a little part of her did love Rapunzel. Yeah. These are the things you think about when you have to watch a Disney movie over and over and over. Thankfully, that's now taking a break. And we're on to just random movies from time to time now. CM Punk lost in a little over two minutes. We all saw that in September. Here's the thing for me. I'm really... I'm disappointed. And I, I mean... Because 
I, I thought I was thinking about this more today. For years, Punk's been out of WWE for two plus years. For years, I have continued to wear all my CM Punk stuff. Continue to say I'm a CM Punk guy. Always have said how much I enjoyed him, his his last run before he left, and what he was able to to do for me as a WWE fan. Like that, he was one of the primary reasons that I really got heavily involved again. He's the reason I went to WrestleMania. Well, other than the rock fighting John Cena, <laughs> but he's the reason I went to WrestleMania in 2012. Like there's, I mean, punk just made everything so much better. And I feel like I was late to the party with him because I slept on him so long and he was so misused by WWE and I wasn't familiar with his old stuff in ROH or anywhere else he had been. I felt like I had, I owed it to him to do better, so to speak, as a fan of his. But the loss pretty much marked the end of an era for Punk. Because he no longer was just, I don't know, because he... The myth and the legend of punk had grown to be so much bigger from the time that he, from the time the pipe bomb happened to the time he left to all the speculation and lead up and the injuries leading up to was that UFC two oh three when he fought or two oh two, whichever one he fought at. For him to get beat by a more solid fighter and have, I mean, he had to cut a lot of weight too, but I mean, he had one week swing. He got taken down and then fought off a choke for two minutes and then finally tapped. I haven't worn a CM Punk shirt since, and it just makes me sad. Cause it's like, that's not how you want your story to truly end. You know? Especially not when you're a CM Punk guy like I am. You want there to be more to it. And now rumor is that Punk's not even going to have another fight at UFC, which he probably shouldn't. He says he's going to continue training. But now, I don't really see him climbing back in the ring anytime soon. He, if he's going to, he's going to have to do it in the next year or so. And I don't see him do it for WWE unless there's some kind of major reconciliation or major, major money thrown at him. Because he says he doesn't need WWE's money. And I still believe him on that. Considering UFC was paying him so well for so many months. On top of what he saved from his last huge run, 434 days. Always 434 days. So I can see where he just quietly fades into obscurity, so to speak. And he would love that because one of the things Punk's never really liked is having to deal with fame, so to speak. So the whole thing is just really sad for me because it's like I, I wanted him to succeed. I I can see it. He's not the kind of guy who will just take his loss and be done with fighting now and I tried it. No, that's not Punky. He's too bullheaded for that. I can see him fighting 
if he's still on UFC under contract, UFC, I could see him maybe getting a fight night. I don't see him doing any more pay-per-views for them. If he's not, I could see him maybe trying a lesser known organization and continue fighting. But it's it's officially the end of the punk era because we never had a real end. Or not even a, the punk era, but an end of this chapter in his life because there was no true end at WWE other than Kane chokeslamming him through the table, but that wasn't the end that was intended because he walked out the next night in, ironically enough, Cleveland. Then he got, and then for months, he got hurt. I mean, he's signed UFC after not having any answers until he did the podcast with Cabana. He signed UFC. Train, train, got hurt. Train, train, got hurt. Got a fight. Got hurt. And then got better and then eventually got to the point last month where he got got beat. It's just a sad end to the story that you don't want to arrive at. So I don't know. I don't... I haven't worn a punk shirt since. And it's just not the same anymore, man. The, the myth... And legend of punk, as far as being a wrestler, is hard to still be so big on when the reality of punk is, right now he's 0-1 and not a very good mixed martial artist. But you know what, though? Punk is more to me than just what he does, did in a ring, or in the octagon. Because a lot of the stuff that comes out of Punk's mouth is, it's tried and true, man. Like he's a straight shooter, and I always respected that about him too. One of the reasons why the pipe bomb was so big, because he was just telling the truth, and he speaks his mind, and he goes after what he wants, and he doesn't do what he doesn't want, obviously, as we all learned two years ago. So I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my CM Punk charts. Last topic, man. And it's just a random one. Last week or so, Aaliyah was uh, in the bathtub and she was upset. And I was trying to talk to her, trying to calm her down. And I was like, honey, I mean, it's okay. Like, you you made a, we, that, we let you make cookies this evening and everything. And it's all right. We're going to take your bath and we're going to get you ready for bed. And she And she was upset about, I don't even remember what. But she looked at me and she goes, you didn't make them. Talking about the cookies. Well, she's right because I didn't make them. (laughs) And I started laughing. Angel wasn't happy that she talked to me that way. But it was kind of funny that she just called me out on my bullshit. (laughs) Personally. That's actually all my topics, believe it or not. Where are we at? Hour six. Not bad. Not bad at all. Let me wrap this up with a bunch of recommendations. I already recommended Atlanta. Go watch Atlanta. I watched Stranger Things. Phenomenal. Great. Perfect. Like one of the few shows I've actually binged on Netflix in a while. I haven't even binged all the way through Daredevil season one. So that means I haven't seen season two or Jessica Jones. I've only seen two episodes of Luke Cage. So if that tells you anything, I'm not a good Netflix binger. 
And I've been Stranger Things. Watch Stranger Things. Kevin Smith wrote a book, eh, or more, more he blogged a lot in the aughts, and it was collected into a book called My Boring Ass Life. I love that book. I just reread it again for like maybe the tenth time. Um, last I just finished it again last month. It's just a bunch of diary entries um, from around two thousand and five, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Love that book. If you can find it, get your hands on it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Drink Champs podcast, already mentioned it once. It's DJ Effin and Noriega, better known as NORE, one of my underrated criminally rap criminal underrated criminally underrated rappers that I really like. Um, check out Drink Champs. Another podcast recommendation, Chewing It. It has two guys from the Broken Lizard crew from Super Troopers and Beer Fest. Love their show. They have guests on, or sometimes they just sit there and talk to each other. Hilarious stuff. Uh, chewing it. I just said chewing it. Drinking buddies. This is two com- um, comedians from Pittsburgh, Ed Bailey and Dave Bracy. They get together, and sometimes they'll be in a studio. Sometimes they'll go to uh, various. Um, I don't want to say brew houses, brew pubs around Pittsburgh area, and uh, they'll do a podcast and. They'll just talk about the beers they're drinking and then just random topics. And it's another hilarious, great podcast. And they actually just won an award for being the best podcast in Pittsburgh, which is awesome. Another podcast recommendation, Grindcore, the RPG podcast. Um, It originally started with the Geek Time Network, but they now branched off into their own thing. The first episode, um, five episodes or sorry, first three episodes cover Chrono Trigger. Four is about Pokemon, which I skipped. Five is kind of about the side quest on Chrono Trigger. I love Chrono Trigger, which is originally for the Super Nintendo and has been ported to several systems since. Um, It was cool to relive the game, which I actually just played again. Uh, uh Probably been about two years ago now where I've replayed the whole thing on my phone. Um, It was cool to relive Chrono Trigger through their eyes. Um but the pronunciations kind of drug, drove me crazy, but to each his own. Cause I mean, it's a RPG. You read the name the way you read it. So, uh, and they're now covering final fantasy seven. I'm going to check out the first episode of that soon. So Grindcore, the RPG podcast, the chrono trigger edition, maybe the podcast further. I'll let you know. And the last recommendation besides Atlanta is designated survivor starring Kiefer Sutherland. He was the head of urban development he was going to be um, moved to a different position, and I stated the day after State of the Union. State of the Union happens, and a bomb goes off, and everybody's killed. And guess who's president? Jack Bauer. It's way better than it has any business being. And I'm glad that Kiefer Sutherland has more than one, um, more than one gear besides Jack Bauer, because he's playing uh, the president as anybody would, someone who was thrust in his position and trying to learn as they go while the country's in the middle of a crisis. Great show, Wednesdays at 10 o'clock on ABC. And Atlanta comes on FX season finale next Tuesday at 10 p.m. Good stuff there, too. Yo, we just did a podcast. So apparently my dog's upstairs crying. I need to go upstairs and figure out what his problem is. He probably has to pee or he just wants out of the bedroom because he was napping with Angel. So let me tell you the vital information. B-hyphen.com. That's it. There's no more podcast. I mean, you can still type podcast.b-hyphen.com, but no. B-hyphen.com, you'll find hyphenation. Simple as that.
all 21 episodes. Be hyphen at gmail.com. Be hyphen on Twitter. Resilient Redundancies. Um, on Facebook, it says Resilient Redundancies of Kellen Conley. And that's it. Really. I don't have a show. I mean, be hyphen gmail.com, be hyphen.com, hyphen nation. Oh, I'm glad I got this done. Whew. Okay. So until 22, which will be soon. Because I'm going to get my life together. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>